Um, Albin, you wrote a piece that I put out on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, it's at stream.org. Why don't you give us the, the, the short version of what you say in that? Because I've been saying similar things and I want to talk about it to Steve Dace and to everybody else. But you wrote an article at stream.org yeah. uh, under your real name, Albin Sadar. Yeah. What yeah. do you what do you well, what do you the, the article's titled, Ooh, Look, A Shiny Object Named Trump. And what's happened with this new election steal is they're trying to distract people by saying, oh, it's Trump and DeSantis, DeSantis and Trump. Who's going to win out? Instead of saying, like, look, nothing settled in the 2022 election because you're slowly stealing it again. You can't let the Senate or the House be taken for the Republicans. So slowly you're stealing it, but you're using Trump as the distraction. And he's not. We should be looking at the 2020. 22 election and what is actually happening right now. Well, that's I mean, that's basically um, you know that I agree. Amazing thing. The horrifying thing is that the Republican establishment doesn't give a damn about stealing. I don't hear. I mean, forget about Mitch McConnell, but Kevin McCarthy. uh, Do you not see election fraud? or the possibility of it, or is it just not something you want to talk about? This is what I don't understand from people like that, that they act as though this is not an issue. They're gaslighting all of us and pretending like there's nothing to see. And I think tons of Americans are saying, wait a second, why is it taking a week to count? What what is happening? I I, I think everybody understands something is wrong, but the deeper horror is that many in the GOP establishment couldn't care less. They couldn't care less. And so I think they're not fit to serve, that if you don't take this seriously, you're not fit to serve. Now, I know that people that I love and, and respect would differ with me on this, but I am I am horrified by that. I got to say um, a few things, uh, Albin, before, before I forget. Um, first of all, this week, I mean, I have got the busiest week ever. Um, Tomorrow, I'm flying down to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, I, uh, I got an invitation uh, to go to Mar-a-Lago for tomorrow night. President Trump is making his announcement ostensibly that he is uh, going to be uh, running. It's very exciting. I feel honored to be there. And I feel that this nonsense uh, with DeSantis and whatever, we know that Trump uh, can't resist taking shots sometimes. But I think, my goodness, the idea that we we are ready to move past Trump. It is preposterous. It's it's totally I mean, I hear this all the time and I think people it seems like they'll just go with whatever they heard five minutes ago. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you got to get some perspective. Uh, the only reason we have a chance at winning our country back uh, from the swamp, uh, from the rhinos uh, is because Donald Trump is a fighter and because he has enabled candidates like Carrie Lake uh, and, and others even to exist, uh, including uh, Ron DeSantis and whatever. So it's strange to yeah. me that people would be so quick. Anyway, I, I, I just have to say, I, I'm, I got I'm, by that. I'm, I'm happy you're going to keep uh, to Mar-a-Lago. The Beach Boys invited me to Key Largo at the same time, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. No, different places, different places. But I, I, I feel obviously tremendously honored by that invitation. Uh, and I'm so I'm going to be there. Um, that is tomorrow. Hard to believe tomorrow. Albin, I put yes. out a tweet the other day 
that I've never seen anything like it. It has had, I think, 5,000 retweets. Let me see if wow. I can look this up. Wow. I, I, my followers on Twitter have jumped by several thousand in the last couple of days, literally by several thousand, which I find amazing. Uh, hmm. I don't know if this is because now under, uh, under new management, maybe. Yeah, well, there? I think that I'm, I'm guessing that has something to do with it. But it's so interesting because I put out a tweet just the other day. Uh, I'll read it to you. Does everyone finally now see that the Dems cheat to win and that they count until they win? Does everyone now see that McConnell and McCarthy need to go as General McClellan needed to go? Our very nation is at stake. Pray for this nation and do not lose hope. God hears our prayers. Hmm. That's been retweeted over 5,000 times. It's been liked 22,000 times. Wow. And there are over 4,000 comments. Hmm. I, I, I'm in awe of that. But I, listen, I think um, people see what's going on. And they, yeah. they see that, you know, what people talk about, the, we didn't get the red wave, so we're going to blame Trump. Precisely the opposite, folks. Precisely the opposite. This is, um, I referred to it the other day, Mario Murillo spoke about this. A number of people spoke about this. Even Mike Lindell said something along the lines that these things have to happen so that people will understand we've got to look into the voter fraud. If you let people steal elections, there's nothing else to talk about. America has lost its voice. And that seems clearly to me to be what is happening. That, that this idea that it's taking forever to count the votes and that there's a, the Democrats have figured out a way to win. That's called cheating. Yeah. And my Bible says that that's wrong. So this is a moral issue. And the church needs to speak about, up, speak up about this yeah. issue. Yeah. And it's kind of look, we all know. If you listen to this program, I wrote a book called Letter to the American Church. I wrote it because this is the church's bailiwick. When there is corruption, when there is injustice, it's it's our job to speak about this. Now, if you're not a Christian, that's another story. We can talk about that separately. Your duty as an American, which is uh, pretty dramatic itself. But I specifically wonder how it is that church leaders can remain silent. Uh, it's one thing for rhino republicans to remain silent that's what they do and that's why we need to get rid of them but when you see corruption when you see stealing when you see this kind of thing i just got to tell you uh the church has to wake up corruption is wrong we need to deal with it there's no way around that you you don't allow corruption you don't wink at corruption or lying or whatever that is you just don't do that and uh, I'm going to be clear that that's what's going on. I'm not going to pretend like, oh, that's the point of view. No, that's that's what I see pretty clearly. We'll be right back. Lots more. When a woman sure can be a friend of mine. Folks, welcome back. As promised, our friend Steve Dace, that's D-E-A-C-E. He's with Blaze TV Radio. Steve, welcome. Always good to be back with you, Eric. How are you, man? Well, uh, I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed. 
But uh, we're going through a tough time as a nation. Uh, I was uh, I've been saying that for me, the big issue is what the Democrats have done to our election system. There is fraud. There is stealing. And I don't see any establishment Republicans even mentioning it. And I think to myself, if you don't have confidence that our elections are being run fairly uh, and that it takes weeks and whatever to count, I don't know how you how you even have a country anymore. So that to me seems to be the number one issue. And I think a lot of Americans just think, what what happened? Why is it taking so long to do this? So I don't know if uh, you want to talk about that. Sure, we can get into that. And, 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 you know, I'm a big sports guy, so I like to make sports analogies. All right. So uh, imagine you were a football coach and there were 12 instant replay reviews in a game. And all 12 went against you. I mean, statistically, the odds of that would just be astronomical. They would be beyond overwhelming, okay, that you would lose all 12. And what you're, what you're watching here on a statewide basis is in the last two cycles, whenever there have been these late counts that go on and on and on and on, Democrats win them every single time. Now, as Christians, we have an obligation to not bear false witness. We are commanded where that is concerned. So vote splitting does happen. For example, in my home state of Iowa, our very popular governor who has quietly been a Ron DeSantis against COVID, just doesn't have the bombast or the fanfare. She way outperformed Charles Grassley that people are sick of. Okay, so vote vote splitting does occur. People do vote for candidates and not not issues and not, or I'm sorry, not not platforms and not political parties. All right. So that does occur. And we, we can also have a, a situation where even if both sides ballot harvested, Eric, you know, our people are not conglomerated in massive urban dwellings where you can just go floor to floor. Even if you're doing it, let's assume you're on the up and up where you can just go floor to floor and find sentient people. You, you can't ballot harvest an exurb. You can't ballast harvest, ballot harvest a rural county. All right. So there are not to mention the media bias. There are some systemic advantages that they have. However, that to me actually plays into this argument, because if you truly wanted to maintain a republic, if you truly wanted to maintain a social compact, uh, you wanted to maintain e pluribus unum, you would recognize that. Right. Like in like in football, for example, because you in college football, because you have the home field advantage. Right. You can you can dress more players than the road team can. The fans are cheering you on. So guess what? The road team brings the referees. Okay. So there's an acknowledgement that there are inherent advantages when you are when you're the home team here. And and you want at the end, if you win the game, you don't want it questioned. You don't want the integrity of it questioned. You want to be given the full credit for the win that you have. And so there's some are some accommodations here. What we have is one team picks the rules. One team picks the uh, the parameters. One team picks the reps. One team picks the crowd. One team picks the media that covers the event. And so the idea that you are statistically going to go 12 for 12 in instant replay reviews just isn't possible. And yet we have seen that now in, in, in two consecutive cycles. Uh, I, yes, vote splitting happens. Nevada makes no sense to me. Laxalt as, is a family. That's a family that has a long established, respected political uh, you know, acumen and standing in the state of Nevada. All right. So they do the late count, but he loses. But the guy Lombardo that really nobody knew he was a year ago, that's the guy that wins as governor. It's just all so random. There's no symmetry to it. And it it doesn't. And here's what we do know. 
in places where you're not allowed to do this, Florida, Iowa, where I live, and a few other states, they didn't win in any of those places. So here's, here's the reality. When they're allowed to keep counting, they always win. When they don't, they don't. That's true. Now, there can be a lot of differences and a lot of differences of opinion and a lot of conjecture, Eric, into why that's the case. But if, if you want to have e pluribus unum, if you want to have trust in your republic, you have to answer the question, how come when we have a traditional voting system, they don't win, and when we have this banana republic system, they do? And I would start with asking that question. Well, that's the question, but, but, but whom do we ask and why are most of the establishment in the GOP completely silent as, as though they don't see what you see and I see and millions of Americans see. That's a much easier question to answer. Mitch McConnell was a problem long before Donald Trump ever came down the escalator at Trump tower. In fact, in fact, Mitch McConnell's one of the reasons that people turned to Donald Trump uh, once he came down that escalator off of Trump tower. This has been a long standing problem. I have, I have said this for years and years and years and years, and people told me I was too radical, I was wrong. The only party that hates us more than Democrats are the Republicans. Because with the Republicans, it's personal. Republicans don't run for office, most of them, Eric, to do things. They run for office to be somebody. Uh, They run for office so that their side of K Street gets the palm grease as opposed to the other side. People like you and I and audiences like yours and mine, They load those people. Why? Because we make them talk about icky culture issues they don't want to get into. We make them talk about the border and the fentanyl trading post and the human trafficking trading post our border has become when really their chamber of commerce buddies just want to bring in the white econoline bands of chattel and, and cheap labor. It's personal. With Democrats, it's just business they can't stand us for what we believe. But with the Republicans, this is in law. This is this is Cousin Eddie kind of stuff. It's personal. And they would rather lose control. They would rather lose to Democrats than lose control of the party. I have said this. I can't tell you my whole career, my whole career. I've said this and people told me I was nuts. And now when they watched Mitch McConnell put 20 million dollars into a race in Alaska to for arguably the worst U.S. senator we have to help her beat another Republican and then watched Blake Masters and Mehmet Oz and these guys lose by and, and, Her, and Herschel Walker have to go to a runoff on excruciating margins. Again, you you are who you roll with in politics. You are the hills you're willing to die on. And as we know from the word, you know, a tree by its fruit. The people that run this party almost everywhere in America, with very few exceptions, would rather lose to Democrats than lose control to people like us. If you are if you are a Christian or a conservative or a patriot, with very limited exceptions, you live in Florida, you live in Iowa, where I live, in a few other places. You ha- you you are responsible for numerous New York Times bestseller bestselling books every year. You are responsible for some of the largest media platforms and their success in the country. But in terms of politics, you have no agency. No one represents you. And really, nobody wants to. That's the reality, with very few exceptions. Well, where do we go from here? I mean, you you know, you're calling out Mitch McConnell. I've done that uh, quite a bit. Uh, McCarthy, to me, uh, is similar. In other words, I don't see him getting angry. Absolutely, he is. You bet. It's just McCarthy is is shameless enough to to go down to Mar-a-Lago and make some make some, uh, you know, hand kissing trips 
McConnell won't do that. Uh, he's too old, too proud. He won't do that. So he won't play the game at all. And so that's so you've got you've got Trump backing McConnell. You've got Trump backing McCarthy, and frankly, even some very prominent conservative media figures backing McCarthy. Because in the end, that's the other thing that this is about. Is it really about issues? Is it really about saving the country, or is it about your relationships, your network, your nest egg? And that's that's the reality of Eric. I mean, if you look at the history, and I know you're a historian. Every conflict of hum- every conflict in human history has been won by the side that most believed in the moral rightness of its cause, not the side that was the most dominant technocratically or militarily. Otherwise, we'd have never ending empires. And we don't. The reason why the Afghans threw the Soviet Union and America out of their country in the last 40 years is because both of those empires realized after a de- after a decade or two, we don't want to run this armpit. You have it. We won the Revolutionary War, Eric, because the Redcoats got up one day and literally just left. They literally just left and decided we're, we don't want to die for New Jersey. You can have it. They literally just got in their boats and, and went home. OK, and, and, and you know this ultimately 100 into about 110 people in an upper room who weren't even sure if their Lord, what he was talking about when he said on the third day, I'll rise. Those people ended up spawning a movement that conquered the Roman Empire. That's the reality. Our people are drunk on moral complacency, are, are drunk on complacency. I mean, there's nothing peak conservative more than sitting around on a Sunday in a heated home, going on Twitter to talk about the fact my vote doesn't count. Okay, what are you going to do about it? I mean, the other side does stuff, all right? They are, I mean, when was the last time people in your audience, anybody in your audience has been to a school board meeting, knows the name of their state legislator? This is about conviction. It always has been. We're not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We're a nation of political will. And we always will be. Well, we're going to go to a, a break, folks. Talking to Steve Dace, D-E-A-C-E. Uh, he's got a lot of books out. A new one coming out called Rise of the Fourth Reich. We'll be talking about that. Don't go away. Welcome back. I'm talking to Steve Dace, D-E-A-C-E. And uh, Steve, uh, everybody, uh, I, I whenever I see media trending, uh, I am suspicious. People are, are, are blaming Trump a lot. Trump is obviously not perfect and often does things that upset me. But I, I find it a little preposterous that people are ready to kind of conclude, oh, okay, so his day is done and we're going to move on. I I don't know where you come out on that. Uh, Number one, do you want my brutally honest opinion, Eric? I always want it because I respect you. I don't think anybody 80 should ever be president like ever, like ever. I just don't. Okay. And I've been saying that for well over a year and I just don't think it should ever happen. Number two, I think everybody is responsible for this. Since, Since the 2016 election, when Republicans came out of Washington with full control, they have now lost five Senate seats, 
five governor's offices, if you count, which sadly trending with Carrie Lake, who, you know, I think Trump pre-COVID was the best was the best presidential term of my lifetime. I think Ron DeSantis is the most successful Republican politician of my lifetime. And I thought Carrie, Carrie Lake might be the best candidate of my lifetime. And I am just beyond broken and ticked that she's going to lose. And it looks like she is going to lose, you, I guess. You think okay. so. You what, think what, so. She's got to win 75 percent of the remaining 75,000 votes left in Arizona. And I, I mean, if you're stealing it up to this point, why would you let her? Why, why wouldn't you just go ahead and go all the way with it? So, well, yeah, that's, I do. that's my question. First of all, is that it is part of the, I, I try to see what, what is God saying? OK, and, and my question is, is God allowing this? to make people angry enough to fight because it is so blatant. It is so sickening that somebody like Carrie Lake could potentially be losing that you think somebody would say, we need to dig in and fight. This is not acceptable. We I won't agree. accept this. I think that there's another thing God could be saying to us. We have to fight differently for, for 2000, for, for until, until the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock and shameless plug, that's what my new children's book is about. Okay. Uh, why Thanksgiving? Until they landed there in the 17th century. For 1700 years, Christendom didn't have a republic, didn't have a constitution, didn't have voting, and somehow survived persecutions and empires and crackdowns. And how did it do it? Subversive living, faithful obedience, refusing to, to, to say yes to Caesar when Caesar asked for dominion and for allegiance that was not his saying no, even to the point of risking their own deaths. And I think, I think one of the things that God maybe is saying to us is you have relied too long on sitting at home and enjoying partisan media content and essentially some forms of political mental masturbation, self-pleasure and not doing anything and not having, not having your faith challenged and then just jumping on Facebook or Twitter and, and randomly posting about it instead of doing something. How about if we take all of your institutional agency away? So now it's just you one on one with the spirit of the age. And now you, believer, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Which which are are you one of those who looks upon the beast and marvels at it? Or will you be one of those who resists and says, no, I will not comply that, you know, that we founded a country here without a constitution, without any voting uh, men who pledge their lives, fortunes, and sacred honors with a firm reliance on divine providence. It might be that we're watching all of our shibboleths and idols, like political parties who have hated us all this time. Maybe we're watching those things taken away. Who did more good this last year, Kyle Rittenhouse or most of the Republicans you voted for? Okay, ask yourselves those questions. All Kyle Rittenhouse did was act on his God given rights, stand up and say in a court of law, here I stand, I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. And the nation watched him get validated. See, I think those might be the wins that God is looking for. And we keep trying to pour old wine into old into new wineskins that, by the way. Two things can be true at once. That doesn't mean we let them get away with this by any stretch of the imagination. But I think we just might want to take a breath and pause. Is, is, is God maybe saying some things to us that we have relied on some, some, some idols similar to the people of Jeremiah's time? Well, God won't judge us. We've got the temple. We won't be judged. Maybe God is saying you need to have maybe a broader perspective here. I don't know. Just throwing that out. That, there. Well, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm actually uh, it, it's interesting because I think it's both. In other words, I think that part of what I believe God is saying in all of this is 
what you're talking about when you, when you say that we've, we haven't had to pay a price mm-hmm. and that is to be an American, to have freedom or to be a Christian. In other words, we, we've had it so easy. You know, George Bush told us to go shopping, mm-hmm. uh, to fight terrorism by going shopping. And in Great a funny point. way, yeah. we've been stuck there. Yeah. The idea that we are, are supposed to fight, the idea that we're supposed to, you know, tithe, not just to the church, but to the country in the sense that I'm supposed to give my time uh, to preserve liberty. I'm supposed to be involved as an uh, as a citizen. I'm supposed to care. I'm supposed to be invested. The fact that many Americans have have we've just had it so good. We haven't had to fight. We haven't had to be at the school board meetings. We haven't had to be invested uh, in the process uh, watching the votes, uh, whether they're counted correctly or not, somehow uh, our muscles to be free have atrophied. Mm-hmm. Our muscles to be strong Christians have atrophied. And in a sense, my only question really is, is this God's way of speaking to a holy remnant and to say, now do you see what's going to happen if you don't act now? If you act now, I will be with you. But Mm -hmm. as bad as things are, they will get worse unless you wake up now and act now. Uh, That's obviously what I talk about uh, in my book, Letter to the American Church. When we come back, uh, I want to talk to you about your new book, Why Thanksgiving. We'll be right back talking to Steve Dace as the Airman Texas Show. For a following sea She was making for the trades On the outside And the downhill run To Papa Ete Off the wind Folks, welcome back. I'm talking to Steve Dace. Uh, it's Eric Metaxas show. Steve uh, has a new book out called Why Thanksgiving. I wrote a book on Thanksgiving called uh, The Miracle, uh, Squanto and the Miracle of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I talk about Thanksgiving and the roots of Thanksgiving in my book, um, uh, If You Can Keep It. I did not know you had a book on Thanksgiving. Tell us about your book titled Why Thanksgiving. Well, about a year ago, my publisher came to me and asked me if I'd consider doing uh, a line of children's books. I'm like, Having a bunch of people already done that, you know, like Rush before he passed, had his great series. And I said, I'll consider it if we can do something different. How about America's Christian Heritage, a series on that? And they were all for it. And then they asked me, uh, called my bluff and said, what should be first? And I said, well, I guess we should start at the beginning. America's Christian Heritage begins with the, with the Pilgrims and the Puritans and, and Thanksgiving. And so I, I basically took the history and and I, got, I don't know if you've ever tried writing a children's book before, Eric. This was very difficult. I must have done eight drafts of this thing. You don't realize I've written 30 children's books. Have you? I didn't know that. 30. My bad. My bad. 30. Okay. I knew you'd written 32. about that many New York Times bestsellers, but I didn't know you've written that many, that many children's books. I've written 30 children. I'm a lot older than you. Uh, but uh, it, children's books, in a way, are much harder to write than yes. books for adults because you can't fake it. Correct. You've got to be clear as a bell. And it's got to be aren't... watered to the molecular, down to the molecular level. 
And so I normally turn in a draft. We do one round of edits when I do a book and we're good. And we done, we did like eight rounds on this one, but I'm very proud of it. And we took a lot of the history, like what you just mentioned with Squanto and the, what is the, what are the odds they would come thousands of miles and find someone across the channel who spoke their language and understood their religion They're Well, about the odds of going uh, 12 for 12 on uh, late ballot turnovers. Okay. That was kind of odds. Uh, and, uh, uh, and a lot of this, when you and I were growing up, you know, people don't realize this now, but Charles Schultz's Thanksgiving special with the peanuts was a second oh. half hour. And it was the story of the pilgrims, right? They don't, they don't run that on network television anymore. Right. And so I wanted to take that history, which is our history as a people that they've taken out. And I wanted to put it back in for kids. And so the subtitle is basically the book that the, the pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America because they loved God. And that's what the book is about. Well, it's wonderful. It's important for people to understand these things. And I think, again, part of what is happening during the crisis that we're undergoing right now, which is awful, um, but it's God's way of refocusing us Mm -hmm. and saying, I need you now to take seriously the things that you have taken for granted for a long time. The liberties that you have, uh, the, the, the blessings that you have, those were bought with a price. First, they're bought with the blood of Jesus. And then they were bought with the blood of patriots. These things require sacrifice. And the only meaningful life anyone can live is a life of sacrifice, the agape love of God, self-sacrificial love and gratitude for God's sacrifice for us. It's pretty basic. But if you're really blessed, it's easy to get spoiled. It's easy to forget about it. It's easy to understand what people had to go through. Um you know, even into in, in, into the last century, this is you don't have to go back to the 17th century. People have suffered for liberty. People have suffered uh, to 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 raise their families. And I think in the United States, as we've been talking about, if, if you kind of think that all I have to do is, I don't know, uh, go to Starbucks, uh, do some social media. Everything's basically fine. You take your eye off the ball. Right. And then these there's, more, blessings there's more to are this than away. watch Fox News all day and then vote Republican. There's more to it than that. And that's that, what yeah. a, lot our, that, a lot of our people's citizenship has frankly been reduced to watching Fox News all day and voting Republican. That's what a lot of their citizenship is. Yeah. If, if they vote, if they vote. Uh, if they vote. I've been yeah. I've been really sickened uh, again because I'm uh, in my book, Letter to the American Church, at the way the church has abdicated its role. Bonhoeffer said the church is the conscience of the state. Mm-hmm. And the idea that there are tons of serious Christians who didn't vote in California, in other places, they kind of act like, well, no, it's not really, that, that's separate. Uh, I'm, I'm a member of, a, of the kingdom of heaven, and it doesn't matter so much what I do here. That's the worst theology in the world. It's totally mm-hmm. wrong on every level. But even worse, how churches have allowed wokeness to come in. Uh, I've got a picture on my uh, Twitter profile of Beto O'Rourke with T.D. Jakes. I, I'm just in awe of how things could get this bad. You know, you talk about how things were, were bad uh, when Martin Luther, uh, you know, starts shaking uh, Christendom because of the corruption. I see something similar going on in the American church right now. Uh, But I do know that there are voices speaking against it. In the end, 
Christianity is a is a is is a religion of individual relationship. I hate the line. It's a it's not a relation religion. It's a relationship. No, it's a religion of relationship. Our God, in and of Himself, is a relationship: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are created to be known by Him and to know Him. Okay, that's the purpose. That's why we were made. All right, and so that part of that relationship is living out faithfully everything that God has provided you. And what he has provided you in this culture is a level, even in our diminishing state, more freedom and liberty than any previous country he's ever allowed to exist on this earth currently enjoys. That is not there. Paul Paul was a, had proto-versions of civil liberties as a Roman citizen. He used them. He demanded habeas corpus. He demanded trials. He demanded to be able to be called witnesses to defend himself. He did not say utilizing the Roman legal system as a Roman citizen just is too dirty for me. I'm right. involved. Exactly. We're talking about Paul. Thank yeah. you very much. I've said the same thing, not as eloquently and not with not as much detail. Paul himself understood this issue. And it's that, amazing. That, everything you have is raw material to testify to the glory of God. Your marriage, your children, um, your your gifts, your talents, your productivity, your prosperity, whichever the, the, the limits of that are. And yes, your citizenship in this country. Everything is for sola de gloria, to testify to the glory of God. Complacency does not testify, Eric, to the glory of God. Well, uh, as I say, I have um, hope, and it's certainly my prayer, that uh, people are waking up. Uh, We only need enough people to wake up. Not everyone is going to wake up. But when we talk about election fraud, to me, that is just, it's so despicable and offensive that it's hard for me to imagine that people could look the other way, whether it's Kevin McCarthy or others, if we don't deal with that. We're done uh, as a nation, but we just have to keep fighting. I'm just grateful for your voice, uh, Steve. Thank you. We'll have you back soon to continue the conversation. God bless you. Likewise, brother. Thank you very much. 